All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Side Eye. Um, I'm Uptown Bobby. Uh, I have many other names, but we'll just stick with that one for now. Okay. Uh, also joining me is uh, Kay Clark. Uh, shoot, who am I today? I'm Shao Khan. I don't know somebody. Shao Khan, Mortal Kombat reference. Yes. I'm mean, thinking oh, of man. trying to get Halloween costumes, so and Katana was folded for a second, but I wasn't sure. So, so oh, last year, okay. I'll take, take a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. Shane, Shao Kahn, I guess, would be easy because I'm sure they got like, well, I guess Katana could be. I got, I'm pretty sure Amazon got a little kit you could put on with the hair and the makeup, might be another story. Yeah, so yes, yeah, I'm dead yeah, because I'm talking about doing that for a night, you got to be out. Mm. Y'all in your face like growl, like all right. <laughs> <laughs> By the time night over with, you looking like a <laughs> look like Melina. a little dog. Yeah, yeah, Melina, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, Halloween is upon us. Uh, it's spooky season. So, on that note, I guess we could talk about a movie that was not really spooky, but kind of gory. Uh, mm. The Woman King, uh, which really surprised me how intense it was. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. My expectation was really low. Mm-hmm. And not, not to say that the movie bad, but like I only saw one trailer. And it kind of like, I'm not going to say the movie came out of nowhere, but it was like, what, to, what, what would you expect in like, really? Because like, from what I saw in the trailer, initially my thoughts were like, kind of like Black Panther, kind of like with the... Um, Man, I can't. I can't believe I'm, I'm going blank on the name of his uh, his defense counsel. Um, I can't. Like, I don't understand about it, but, but the, the ladies who you know the the ladies who the yeah. great strong looking chicks as they put as they said in the first movie. <laughs> right, the protectors. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> don't man. I, I, I'm sorry, y'all. My comic book lovers. I'm sorry, but it escapes me at the moment. But I, it looked like that, but just with them as the cast, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was my initial reaction. But mm-hmm. man, wow. I, it was. Huh? What you saying that real quickly? I wonder if if um this the the homie if they if they if, they, if these warriors you know uh were the inspiration for the Black Panther you know mythology because obviously they were they they actually existed. I wonder if Stan Lee or people who were creating Black Panther maybe they drew drew from that maybe. I well, I that's a good sure. point because yeah. the interesting thing about that I don't think though those characters even existed until that two thousand ish Black Panther run mm. by um Christopher Priest. He took over the brand. He took over the character and created he created you know the white guy that was in the first movie. Oh okay. Yeah he came up with him and uh I think I actually think he get he does get credit for creating them and a lot of other things in that run because it was like making Black Panther like relevant again. Mm. Uh because the character kind of got lost in the shuffle. After mm-hmm. that big, you know, uh, big explosion they had like in the sixties and seventies, it just kind of fell into like uh, just media. Yeah, obscurity exactly. And then two thousand, he brought the character. Of course, it took a black writer to do it. And uh, uh, I would I recommend going back to read that run. Mm, some of it has aged, but it's it was good. Like yeah. the thing about Black Panther was the the um the writer I remember him saying the character was kind of boring, so he had like the white dude be like the narrator. Because he was like, you know, he's a regal king. He's not exactly charming as, you know, or interesting as far as like, you know, 
telling a story or being, you know, sociable or whatever. So he had to kind of like the white dude be like the narrator slash comic relief, like the bridge, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah, so. Yeah, so that's that. But yeah, that is an interesting point. I would have to, I would want to go back and like research that and see if that's a connection with those, uh, those characters in this real life uh, inspired movie. But I was surprised. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, like uh, the opening, the opening part, like scene, kind of like gave you a glimpse of what to expect. But how? Yeah, like, I, I was surprised it happened so quickly because I was like, it was like three minutes in. It was like she, uh, uh, our character Niska rose up and rest of rose up out the out, out the uh out the uh bushes and it was like it was on and like within three minutes I was like okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I know I, <laughs> I actually have a friend. She's a woman, by the way. She, and she had this whole tippy like meme to myself. Uh, a woman a woman can't be a king. <laughs> Y'all need to stop letting the media. I, I saw that uh, circle around. Change yeah. the world. I was like, like, I mean. Damn, women, women can't fight. I mean, <laughs> you know. Right. And then, I mean, and then there have been women rulers who have been domed as kings. So. It's not like it's impossible or just something they just pulled out the thin air, you know. It's just mm. I just hate that type of rhetoric. But yeah, because these women actually existed, like they were they were real mm-hmm. female wars. It's not pulled out of thin, like you said. It's not pulled out of thin air. These are real people. I mean, the characters are, are composites of people, but you know, the actual uh, Ashohi were real women that actually could really fight. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I was impressed. Will I watch this again? I don't know. Maybe like I'm pretty sure it's gonna be coming on TV. Like, uh, I mean, you know how back in the day you would watch movies like on TNT, TBS, it just play over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, even and that's, right, and that's even still the case because I know uh, uh, TNT pretty much showed those Marvel movies all day. But um, I'm pretty sure this would be like that. But I, I don't even watch stuff like that in just passing time because you know now we don't have to just sit in front of cable TV and watch it because we got other stuff to do or distract mm-hmm. us. So I don't know if I'll see it again, but what do you what, what were your thoughts about the movie? What did you enjoy it? You know, what expectations did you walk in with? Uh I definitely think I mean definitely I think uh benefited from Black Panther because the whole aesthetic, you know, um it wasn't Wakanda, but it felt very I mean just the fact the idea that uh of course you have the slave trade happening but it did feel, but the, the, the chemo of Dahomey felt very insular. The problems that they were dealing with in terms of like uh, dealing with the oil empire and, and you know, that when people being, being abducted, you know, the slave trade is like, it's, it's there, it, it, it's, it crops up, it comes into the focus, different more towards the second half of the movie. But it did feel like a very um, interracial conflict in the same way that Black Panther did with the, and the white folks weren't necessarily like the main. Didn't take up too much space, so I think they hadn't come. They hadn't come with Black Panther. Uh, so my expectations, I mean, I like I like the trailer. I thought the trailer. I think just to bring it up real quickly, I think where it succeeded, where it succeeded, where say Bros failed is that it sold, it sold, it sold it more on the content than on the prestige. I mean, because I'm mean, in in the interviews, you know, Viola and other other main actors talked about how you know this is great because, or this is important because these are all dark skinned women at the at at the center of the narrative and how that's important and it is important but even if you weren't for that for that at all you could look at it and be like damn they're gonna be kicking some ass in this movie so i gotta watch this like you could you could enjoy it on a basic level whereas with bros i think the whole most of the interview 
Hey, all right, so we just had a few little technical difficulties, and that went shoot, but, we, but I'm back. <laughs> uh, I know how it is. Everybody can relate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I was saying, yeah. Um, as far as like the mark, as far as like the initial trailer, I think it, it hooked me in more than and compared to Bros because, um, even if because with this movie and in, in multiple interviews, Viola was saying and other actors were saying that uh, the big draw with that it's important because. Uh, dark skin when we were at the center of the narrative and that's not often seen in Hollywood and that's why part of the reason why it's an important film but even if you totally ignored that or just you know didn't pay attention to that as much um, you could look at the trailer and be like shoot you know, you know I gotta see this looking some ass in here like I watched this where compared to bros I think um, the prestige took precedence over the content because like in most interviews of uh, Bill Eichner and other lead actors in the film would say like you know this is the first this is the first this is the first um gay rom-com main backed by a major studio that that that's me took lead at some point over the content of the movie and i think maybe that uh was a bit of a distraction but so i think uh but but getting back to the woman king i think that this trailer definitely interested me and then just the story itself uh, seemed interesting as well i mean historical dramas are pretty can be really well done they can be really uh, uh i like it when it's very well done you know whether it's like malcolm x or um, something even like you know like what, what's look got to do with it or like temptations or like you know those period dramas, uh, especially you know they can really work with it well. Um, I liked that uh, Naniska, she was obviously a very very strong character, but she still had vulnerabilities. Like uh, like she had been through. You know they didn't try to make her some uh, two dimensional perfect warrior who was always right or always did the right thing. Uh, you know, see in the film, other, other, the other women at, at certain points question her leadership. Uh, you see that she's still dealing with trauma from the fact that she was assaulted. And that's why, you know, resulted in her carrying a daughter, which, you know, the women in the, in the go here are supposed to have children or get married. Um, and, the daughter, and her daughter ended up being, uh, just spoiler alert, spoiler alert <laughs> daughter ended up being Naui, who, who, who is another warrior who joins the tribe. Um, so I like that they, she, they made her multidimensional. Um, I like that while they acknowledged that these women had a certain position of authority, they still were sort of under the patriarchy of like of, of, a, of African society. You, you know, they had a, a, a particular role when, like I said, it was a strong role. But like I said, they had, it's a, they couldn't get married, they couldn't have children, while male warriors could get married and could have children. Um, I like that they featured a, a eunuch in there, uh, you know, uh, and they, he, they, he or they, I'm not sure how they identify the person in, the, in that society. Uh, they probably wouldn't be the way we do it now because I, I assume the eunuch, I think, I think I said this in the last show maybe, that the eunuch could probably either be considered someone who was a man who was maybe castrated and became a eunuch or, you know, someone who, who we would think of in the West in the modern sense as a gay man. Um, but I like that he had like an official title, official role, and it was respected. Uh, he, he threw a bit of shade at one of uh, the king's wives, you know, so there was that. <laughs> um but yeah, overall, I liked it. I thought it was both entertaining, but also uh, it dealt kind of with the slave trade because I know that was a, that was a big topic on on the, in, the, in the Twitterverse, you know, about like, you know, I want to see this movie because of the, because of the homie slave people. And I think I, I listen. Uh, it's a channel that I just started getting to as far as long form video essay is called Wine and Chill, where she breaks down different things and whether it's like pop culture or like this movie, she did like a, about an hour at video essay on it. Uh, she was saying that, you know, a take like that saying, I won't watch this movie because the Dahomey enslaved their own is a bit simplistic. She she felt, I, I, I agree because it's like colonization, you know, 
if you're in the, the homeless position, it's like they were in a position where it was like either colonized or be, be colonized. You know, if if the oil, if they want to fight on the oil empire, then they would have to they would have, to have to deal with the slave traders that were from coming from Brazil, the white, you know, the, the uh, or from Europe. And so it's like, yeah, were they wrong for enslaving known people, enslaving other Africans? Yes. But at the same time, they also were freeing their own people from slavery. So, and while at the same time, they had to figure out how they were going to survive economically and survive just in general, you know. And so, it's I think it's a bit more complicated than just oh, they sold their own, so I can't mess with them. I can't. I don't want to learn about them at all. It's like there are no perfect heroes, you know. For every great thing a person that uh, these great historical figures do there's also probably some you know not so great stuff just varying degrees but like for another example a far less maybe a, a, a more uh down of example one of the king race over rice leader yes great husband yeah not so much for reasons that we are all well aware of now you know so i i, I think people take the attitude like i ain't gonna see it because it, it just they, they they enslave people so i can't i can't mess with it like yes I get it. That's terrible, but also they were, in, you know, it's, it's it's not that cut and dry. No, it's not. Which is most things in life are, but it just goes into like not to sound like um, blank names rounds with. Um, well, not to sound like the man who last name is West, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. Like everything has to be like angels versus demons. Like everybody has to be like this perfect person who uh, never did anything or whatever. You know, it just it just it gets a bit um, annoying. And then especially when you keep comparing it to the context of like a movie that's loosely based on you know something that's real. Like I say loosely because, like you said earlier, this is a combination of like a lot of things and characters as well. It's not just one. It's inspired by that, but it's, historically, the movie probably isn't a hundred percent accurate. Which we all know that, you know. Mm. Uh, I said so that, yeah. I, right, exactly. So I think holding it to that standard is a bit, uh, honestly, ridiculous. Like, if you don't want to watch the movie, that's fine. Nobody has to make you watch anything. But just to be to play that type of um, moral code is just a bit ridiculous to me. Like. I think that's when the slippery slope of things happens when people try to be like uh, pious for no reason sometimes. Cause it's like, man, nigga, it's a movie. Like, it's like, <laughs> right, like yeah, it's, yeah, as as great as it is, and I, I do think they did a good job. You know, it, it is a movie. It's 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 it's, histor- it's called historical fiction for a reason. Yes, it's based on true events, but inevitably it's like they're gonna take some creative license with things and also and so it's it's, it's, it's it's designed to entertain too you know and also the fact that you know that's how it calls it we can't know what they were exactly what happened because one none of us were there uh and and, and so they have to make up a, a dialogue and a story to a degree but also uh two that's how colonization works because colonization works like they come in and they strip the culture so they can impose their culture and, and in doing that, they're going to erase, you know, historical records or however they will have the uh, the homie would have passed down their history. That gets that's some of that's going to be gone because of colonization. You know, history is written by the winners, and so if it's written by, in this case, you know, Europeans who wanted to about their slave trade life, then that's that's the story that's going to get told from to a degree because 
there are things we'll, ne we'll never know exactly because of that. So, Right. And I knew a lot of people, some people are doing the same moral grandstanding with Black Panther. I, this person, I'm not going to say their name, but you know who I'm talking about, wrote a whole think piece about the politics of Black Panther being trash. And I'm like, nigga, it's a Disney movie. <laughs> But they have a problem with like Killmonger's philosophy or like, or like Shadow's philosophy? Or like... No, they had a problem with Killmonger being being the villain when what his think, what, politics what did, were. What a nigga do want to, uh, you know, <laughs> revolutionary. Kill, kill the world. I mean, like, you know, yeah, he wanted so, to kill the world. And he yeah, wasn't I, even, like, and that's my thing. Like, the movie did enough to show you that, yes, he has this radical vision, but. It was also very selfish. He was only radical for his own good. Like it was more of a revenge plot yeah, than it was a liberation plot. It was filled through, yeah, filled through anger, and uh, and also the fact that they ignored the fact that he did have he one he had valid points, and two, after even after he, he uh, was defeated, uh, T'Challa took on his points because he, some of what he said sunk in. Because what did he do? He went back to America. He they they kind of stopped hiding from the rest of the world. You know, he, he saw that they were part of a larger diaspora of black folks beyond just Wakanda. So what he said had an impact on him, which to me, that's, that's the mark of a, of a true antagonist that what they say is not, it goes beyond just, oh, they're defeated and let's just totally forget about him. He, he really impacted, he, he had an influence on how T'Challa and by nature Wakanda, by proxy Wakanda would move forward. So I think just saying that the politics were trash, that's, the, that's a bit, again, it's, not, it's, it's, it's half true. You know, if if that, yeah, I agree. Plus, also, like you said, it, it is it is Disney shit. What are they gonna really they gonna, they gonna, they gonna let him kill for T'Challa and slave the world and like that's the end? The coach Jan Jackson, <laughs> you know. But yeah, if you if you look, no, if you just look at the movie from a just a, a perspective of just a viewer. It was five. Like if you want to comb, fine comb tooth the movie for any era, a logic or whatever. Then, I mean, so be it. But I'm not gonna do that. Dude. I'm like, <laughs> but, but, it's work. I, well, yeah, I, I see it. Well, I kind of see it for what it is as as even the best, most progressive, complex, nuanced, in depth story movie is ultimately still a movie, and so it has to on some. It's just like. With an album, like a, the album can make an album, you could agree with uh, an album's politics one hundred percent, but the song still got to slap. If it don't bop, it don't make sense. So, and so the movie doesn't entertain. Then all the other stuff is gonna just won't want because it's like, yeah, all that's great, but I'm not on the edge of my seat. I'm not, you know, it's not yeah, getting, I, yeah. <laughs> It's I all, get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's got to you know, like as, as like I said, as a, as a political album, the song still got to got to be good. But a movie, with, even with political points, it still has to be entertaining on some level. You know, exactly. It's a movie. It's not a documentary, right? <laughs> and yeah. even documentaries are for due to time or like nigga read a book. Like, like that's all I can say. Like you want you want some deep ass. Perspective or some insight, really read a book. Shit. Well, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that this could be for if for it could be a jumping off point to to learn more about the actual history of the Dahomey and 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 colonialism because that's a huge topic. I mean, <laughs> you're dealing right. with centuries of like you know empires: Britain, <laughs> France, Spain, 
uh, also Africa, which is 54 countries, you know, you know, which all these different tribes, all these different countries dealing with colonialism in different ways, both being victims of it and perpetrators of it. Like that's a that's a huge topic that you will not cover in a two hour movie. Maybe even a lifetime. Yeah. Like that would be, that would take like a multi, that would take like a Grey's Anatomy uh seasons long exploration to like to thoroughly explore. Yes. I also think people just <laughs> I, I almost don't even want to say this, but sometimes I just think some people just take art, they want art to like they want this type of movies and shit to like babysit them or maybe just fit what they want to see and it's like nigga make your own movie <laughs> like if you want a movie showing like i guess you didn't agree with to, to uh black with, with black panthers politics they can make your own movie <laughs> and i know that sounds ridiculous like how am i supposed to make a blockbuster comic book movie well nigga i don't know figure it out you know <laughs> you figured out the critique like oh, but damn yeah. like you well, just mad yeah. you know what you wanted to see yeah I mean, there's a there's definitely a place for critique, especially with a movie that's that's like if it's being pushed to us, it's like you know this is important, go see this. And I think definitely critique has it has a, has a, a well, place. And that's but I, true. Too. Yeah, but, but I, think, I think that was something that black people made a thing. Cause like here's the thing about that shit, like representation matters. That's true. But a nigga being a super, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to belittle the movie's impact or whatever, but. I didn't need that shit to make me feel better as a black person. You know what I'm saying? Or I didn't need that to like just encourage me. Or I'm, I mean, I'm already grounded in my blackness. Mm. And I feel like people should have other real life people that they in their life that they should look up to. I, I understand the impact of media and I get that. Mm. But like I think that was more so something that the internet did and may have put on that movie versus what like it like at the end of the day, it's still a comic book movie. Mm. You know, like it's a mm. movie made to fit into this grand arc of movies by Marvel and Disney or whatever. Like it's still, it's still a Disney comic book movie, you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm like, why would you expect it to be this radical moving piece of art? This like all these things. I, I feel like what they, what they did within the context of that was very, um, I tip my hat to them to, to be able to put all that stuff in that movie. And we you know with the you know certain parameters they have because you know they couldn't go too far, mm. you know they had to like you said it's a movie it has to be exciting it has to have action it has to be funny, it has to the plot has to move and for them to be able to fit what they did fit into it I tip my hat into the same way with Woman King you know it's it's a historical fiction it's not all accurate but they were able to to fit like a lot of things in there like the the duality and the the uh, the problems with the slave like. You know, people selling their own. You know, mm. I, I felt that. You know, I, I just think people just just want too much. Well, they want, like these. I said, like I said, I think they want perfect, perfect heroes. And I said, and right. like, there aren't, they really aren't any in the real, in the real no. world. Because I said, every, I mean, to varying degrees, people can be either either good to chaotic good or or terrible with a but with some occasional positive consequences. But like you know, like I said, uh, MLK example, you know, Malcolm X. An example, you know, yeah, he became Malcolm X before before that he was Detroit Red, you know, did some pretty terrible things. You know, um, my Angelou, former sex worker turned, you know, poet. So if you want like he like turns up like people like saying, you no, know, good and bad, you know, sex work isn't bad, but you know what I mean. Right. Like, Audrey Lord. Yeah. You know, just so um 
you can go, you can go on the list of, of, of all the figures that you know that, that attain some sort of, some sort of prominence. They 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 all everybody has things that that could make somebody be like you know kind of side them to to a degree. Some like I said, some more than others. But even the best, you know, probably do things that at times that aren't aren't great or 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 misstep or whatever because people are. As as to quote Paul again, people are messy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and particularly what I think with ancient Africa, there's this idea that people want portrayed as like we were all kings and queens. Like some people were, which you know, mm-hmm. monarch, which monarchy, you know, eh, nothing. I don't, you know, I got issues with, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the monarchy idea of a monarchy in general. But everybody can be a queen, king or queen, because everybody was a king and queen. <laughs> there'd be nobody to rule over. Like some some people, right. were do- some people were doctors, some people were law- some people were that whatever the ancient version was of lawyers, some people were probably heroes right. or medicine workers. Some, some niggas some, made some, shoes. Yeah, some, some, and some niggas wasn't shit. Yeah, some, some niggas were scammers. Some, 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 some were scammers then, they scammers, scammers back then. So I mean, and that's all fine. Just like just and just like with uh with us as um black Americans with slavery, like people I feel like I feel like people want or there's a, there's a shame attached to slavery with us and, and it, that shouldn't be because like that's not something that yeah, control. Uh, so, yeah, somebody, somebody online they phrased it. A friend of mine online, he said that wasn't something that that we did. That was something that was done to us. So why should we? Be, so why should? So why should we? We should be. Why should, why should we be ashamed of it? Right. You know, and then niggas, of, uh, niggas co opted that uh, Killmonger quote, and I'm like, man, come on, like y'all are being so fake, self righteous. Like, what? Were, like, why are y'all condemning people who chose to continue living? As a slave versus people that died, like right, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they if they if they didn't, you wouldn't be here. First of all, and then <laughs> exactly. and then second of all, like you don't know what you have done in that situation. You can say that from exactly. a 20, 20, 20, 2022 eyes, knowing all things that we know and 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 seeing how American history has played out. You you can you can see that, but when you taken by, stolen by some strange white folks and you're on the ship, lashing other people and you throwing up throwing up on each other and and you know, using the bathroom on yourself, and and you don't know if you're gonna live or die, or, or get drawn for shit because it's too many of y'all. Like you don't know, you don't know. Somebody gonna survive. And somebody got <laughs> somebody got survived. Somebody nobody, nobody survived, then it wouldn't be no you. <laughs> right. And so, it, it, like I said, it's it's such a it's it's an arrogant, selfish, self righteous thing to even to even say compared to yourself now, who's cuddled, who's coddled. And like you, like people get mad when the Wi-Fi break down. Like if niggas ain't got no Wi-Fi, they be like, "Oh shit, you don't fuck the Wi-Fi." What the, like, you, you mean, tell me, how would you survive with that pressure cooker situation? That boat, you just go, you go kill yourself. Like, come on, like that's just being ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I just, yes, you don't know what you would do in a situation until you will be in that situation, really. Exactly, and that's yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, uh, but I do all that said, I do think the reason why people maybe. Or, you know, in terms of at least black folks in general, maybe a whole movies and like music and all that to a higher degree. I think because uh, I actually was watching a uh, uh, Instagram, uh, Man of Seals was talking about this with Kanye, relation to Kanye and all that the current mess of this week, <laughs> this week. Uh, and she was saying that you know, like compared to other races or whatever, or at least in terms of America, you know, the way that our story has been told in America, I guess you call it the quote unquote real story, has been told. Larger via art, whether that's uh, music or movies or dance, you know, so on and so forth, and people who are at the forefront of that sort of lead the, the storytelling in that sense. So maybe that's why there's an extra weight put on black artists and compared to maybe other artists because other other compared compared to say white artists because white artists will have to carry that burden because that the other people who are, are going to uphold their 
you know, history lineage, whatever. But with us, you know, that wasn't the case. We had to kind of create it out of thin air in a way. So sometimes that's why people are are are, are harder on, you know, uh, black creatives and 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 uh, things like movies and music and things like that. So, uh, but all that said, like I said, that you know, the most the most progressive uh, boundary pushing art, you know, is there's still limitations because one, you're still operating in a capitalist system where you have to sell. And mm. so, and so there's that too. And also just the fact that, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it has to become a channel with something else. Like it, it's, it's a two way conversation. You could watch something and be inspired, but then you have to go do something with that inspiration. Exactly. Like you have to do something with the shit. Like, Nigga, what did happen since Black Panther came out? The actor died? That's the most pro that's the most prolific shit that happened. Shit. Like niggas act like that movie came out and just everything just changed. Like, nigga, yes, we 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 free now. Like <laughs> it was a whole uprising two years after that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just I, I just sometimes think people I, like I, I, I totally understand the power of representation. I'll be live. I said that, you know, it's this all fluff, you know, because I used mm -hmm. to watch shows and felt, you know, glimmers of hope and inspiration, mm. but at the same time, you know, I knew that shit was still, like, fantasy and fiction, you know, uh, versus reality. Uh, mm. I think it's I think it's a dangerous love affair because, like, if you put too much stock into it, you get people who can't see Bill Cosby for being the person he actually is, mm. or they can't separate uh, the fact that R. Kelly is a uh, sex offender and all types of creepy shit versus how they felt when they first heard 12 play. Or the fact that people can't let Kanye go because that was a soundtrack to their childhood. So it's like it's a very dangerous thing. Like it's it, I, representation does matter. Mm -hmm. It is cool to like want those things, but at the same time, it could be a drug. It could mm -hmm. be toxic when you let that consume you, and you no longer can tell reality from fiction. You mm -hmm. think fiction is reality? It it could be its own sort of form of indoctrination. Yeah. Because in, in in a sense, because you so, you sort of become enthralled to the to the the person and see them as being infallible, or in or 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 like you say, you you, you create this world of like angels and angels and demons, like where it's like either somebody is like the best person ever or they're complete trash, you know, and and it's and it's it's rarely it's rarely one or the other. Some folks are just are larger. Rarely ever did. Some some folks are larger trash, but like some, but usually most folks are a combination of like you know. Uh, uh, good and a bit of trash. Yeah, because in the situation, you know, right? Because even the people who say some of this stuff online, you don't be knowing these niggas who say all this stuff online. <laughs> like they they say the right things online, but mm. how do these niggas live outside of the internet? How they move in real life? What's mm. their relationship with their family or their relationship mm. with their coworkers or community? You know, you don't know how the fuck they move. They might be complete assholes. Or mm. mean people, but online, you know, you oh, this nigga be he be saying some real shit. Mm -hmm. They be saying some they they real. Yeah. but we were kind of kind of kind of down a, a rabbit hole. Uh, but overall, <laughs> what, what, what were your thoughts about the about the movie overall? You know, I fuck with it. I fuck with it. I think it was a good movie. Uh, I think it's one of those movies that kind of came out of nowhere. Kind of remember how like girls tri girls trip was. It was like you you knew about it, but you won't go see that shit. And then like word of mouth kind of like 
you had people tell you it was good. Like, oh, hold on, let me go, let me go see what this shit talking about. They, they say, you know, it's like the number one movie in America. Mm. So it kind of had that that charm to me. Because, uh, like I said, like it, it did completely come out of nowhere, but I really wasn't prepared to see it until people were telling me, like, hey, that shit was good. And I'm like, oh, for real? <laughs> like, okay. I am surprised that they released it at this time of the year um, because, you know, September going in October, like obviously October is scary movie time. All, you know, all the horror movies are coming out. Um, and I guess toward the end of the year, you have more of the Oscar bait sort of movies, war season sort of movies, which I guess they're trying to make Woman King fit into that format. Uh, but I, am, I, I was surprised. I guess I know that they, they, they probably didn't want to compete maybe for the summer blockbusters like with Top Gun or anything like that. But I, I'm surprised they, they didn't release it like more like, you know, they'd be like, Earlier to late spring or something, you know, maybe like beginning of May. I don't know. I'm surprised if they release it now, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know why neither, but I mean, I, it, maybe the timing worked. Like maybe they helped push the movie too. The timing, because so. mm-hmm. you know, more people went in line to go see it because they weren't competing with the blockbusters, even though it's still. COVID still kind of fucked up a lot of things because, like, I know some people who don't just go see any movie. They still, mm-hmm. they only go see, like, the big stuff, you know, like the Marvel stuff or whatever movie might get big, like Word of Mouth or whatever, or the cast. Um, it's interesting, though, that that didn't make Hollywood kind of go back to the old way where, like, people only went to see movies, like, with certain actors or whatever. But I don't know. It's interesting how uh, people decide to go see movies now post-COVID. I think people decide based on like, do I feel like getting out of bed and getting dressed and going down to the movie theater and paying, let's say, $10 for a matinee ticket and then paying at least $10 to $12 more for popcorn and drinks or snacks or whatever. You know, I think people basically am I interested in this movie enough to go through all of that? Because now we've been, I think we've been kind of spoiled or used to the idea of like catching a new movie on streaming or yeah, just being able to stream new movies or just being able to stream whatever on Netflix, things like that. Cause so many movies now go to or are made for Netflix or made for streaming that like the idea of having to go out, leave your house to go sit in some movie theater and pay X amount of dollars to go see something, you know, I think that the 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 veil has been lifted a bit, you know. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And it, it, uh, it's crazy because that type of conversation happened even before COVID. You know, mm. it was like streaming killed movies, you know, and people were talking about, like, Hollywood was talking about, like, you know, because, like you said, like, the option to stay home in your leisure, you don't have to be around people, you can drink, you can smoke weed, you can make your own food. You can pause you know, and cackle and run it back. Exactly, <laughs> you can run it back. You know, it's like so many more rewarding options versus going to this movie theater. A, uh, before COVID, so it's like when COVID happened, it kind of like, like, damn, you know, you really can't go to the movies, mm-hmm. and now people are trying to get back in there. But it's interesting though. Like I used to go to the movies because of location. I used to live right near the theater, so I would just go as a, like a treat to myself or just some away time or some downtime mm-hmm. to go sit down, watch the movie, go home, and then I started getting more selective about what I go see because I'm like, well, shit, I still gotta pay, you know, I still gotta. Mm-hmm put on clothes and you know mm. do the whole routine versus me just still sitting here pressing a button yeah i think i think probably the movies that probably still draw a crowd are movies that really uh push that communal experience because i mean there's 
all that said about you know convenience of being at home and just being able to pull up something and stream it, there is something about sitting in the theater, like like I remember when I saw Get Out, the movie theater was pretty I was just and, and, and was, <laughs> Yeah, and like there's something about that experience of sitting there and, and having everybody react at the same time, like, oh, no, she didn't. I don't go back now. No, just having the whole thing, yeah. like, talking to the screen and just, like, everybody reacting mm-hmm. at the same time that you don't get when it's just mm-hmm. you at home. The banter. So, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, I that agree with there's something unique about being going to going to a movie, you know. I was going to reference that same exact movie. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Cause yeah, mm. it's, it's a fun time. You know, you're mm. sitting there laughing and everybody's like a community experience. So yeah. I, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting seeing how far um we go with this. Cause this is my first movie seen since uh COVID. So this is my first movie within in two years. So mm. But speaking of this, speaking of movies, and speaking, you brought up a movie we talked about last episode. I didn't even think we would talk about it again, but you brought up Bros, uh-huh. which has been the subject of some uh, critique, kind of. Uh, mm. I didn't even see this initially. A friend posted this in a group chat, and I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was somebody actually tied to the movie or just some random comment from the universe, but they were like, they kind of blamed the straights see, folks. on that support Bros. <laughs> And I just kind of like that I was from I didn't, yeah that was from Billy Eichner yeah that was the director that was the guy who he co-wrote it he starred in it oh wow so see okay see and that kind of made me feel some type of way because and I kind of questioned myself well like am I entitled to feel this way because you know I'm I am one of the straights but <laughs> I I didn't want to see the movie because one I haven't been to a movie before Woman King since COVID. So I don't even go to the movie then too. I, as I told you last episode, the trailer just looked it just looked corny to me. It just looked <laughs> like like it's not like subject matter aside, gay or whatever. It just didn't look it looked like a typical rom com movie with the same tropes. And I I typically don't even go to see rom coms in theaters unless I'm with a woman, like mm. a date. So mm. I mm, I had very little motivation to even watch it. And then it was really white. Like <laughs> Like let's let's cut to the point too. It's it's a it's a white movie. Like I don't care if T. S. Madison in it or Ms. some Lawrence. other person of color. You know, uh, it's the this white is two white leaves. So I, that's that's another factor that played into it. But I think the blaming on the straights is lazy, uh, because I'm like, as the society we live in now, as we see during Pride Month, which is a whole another topic, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> There, there's gay money out there, mm. you know, and the fact that, that that gay money didn't come make this movie, you know, uh, I guess successful to them. I don't like. I feel like the fact that they got greenlit and made is is a success in itself. You know, I don't think it has to be a Marvel movie to be successful. You know, um, as long as it makes its return and beyond. But I just, I just thought that was a lazy take just to blame the gays. That's like. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I mean the straight, yeah, the straight. I think I like that's like if Black Panther flop, you know, um, Marvel or you know Ryan uh, Coogler blaming white people like the white didn't do it. White people don't want to see no niggas, man. I I don't know. Well, okay, well, so I did, yeah, I did see that comment. He and there was another comment he did that was that was that he I, I thought he kind of put his put his mouth in when he said like um, if you're not a a homophobic weirdo, go see Bros. Which he he, he apologized for that because uh, because that because like. I, I think he realized, and which is true, that one just because somebody doesn't want to go see it doesn't mean they're homophobic. We know, we know that some people who are 
homophobic that don't want to see it. It's not true of everybody that, that didn't want to see it. Um, as far as the one about strip people didn't see it, I mean, in terms of a movie being um, making Black Panther type money, I mean, in a literal sense, straight folks do have to go see it because even if every every gay person in America saw that, every LGBTQ person in America saw Bros, that would probably only amount to, let's say, maybe 30, 40 million at most, maybe, give or take, you know? Uh, so in that sense, if you wanted, to, if they wanted to have like a hundred million dollar payday, then yes, it would require straight folks to go see it in mass numbers. But, but I get what you're saying as far as like you know, I, I, I don't, it's it's not necessarily the, the the best strategy to to to, to finger wag and shame people and to go to go see your movie. Um, I, I read an article uh, from Forbes actually that at least like six reasons why it may have not done well, and I think one of the reasons because that I agree with that I read from an article was that you know. Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane, they're not household names. I mean, I know Billy Eichner primarily from Billy Eichner on the street. And uh and with and with that, you know, is if you know him from that, then okay. I think he's probably been like a, in a few comedies here and there, but he's not like he's not a uh Melissa McCarthy, Kevin Hart, you know, for terms of like big time, big comedic name that would like instantly pull it, pull it in a draw, drawing a big crowd of people. And as far as like McFarland, you know, he's mostly known for um, Lifetime movies, rom-coms on Lifetime. You know, that's not no, no shade, but that's just, you know, a fact. He's That's most that's what he's been mostly been known for. It's just like his first, first leading role in a major film. So there's that. And also the fact with, with Billy, it's like his type of persona, public persona, you know, very brash, very like aggressive and kind of like, you know, pushy. That sort of persona It's like either you love that persona and you, you, want, you want more of it or you can't stand it. You just like, nah. I don't want that. And so I, I think that to me, that's probably a factor as well. Um, also the fact, again, with something with the Woman King, like why why September going into October? Because again, scary movie time and also Oscar bait time. And bro is like a big, broad, you know, uh, rom-com sort of thing. So to my, to my mind, why not February, which, you know, Valentine's Day? Why not June? Pride. You know, so why, why not at least then? So that was something else that I thought about too. Why not at that time, and again, and then the final reason there's a couple more reasons they couple more reasons they said, but the one I agree with too was again I think prestige took precedent over the content. Like I, you know, I saw the trailer. You know, some of it was funny, but like at a certain point during all the as, as the press started to ramp up and they did interviews on Today and on like Kelly and Ryan, they were, and he was like he was like making the rounds and other people were making the rounds to promote the movie. It was like the whole thing. The main talk about became. This is the first. This is the first. This is the first. I'm like, okay, that's great. It's the first, but beyond that, why should I see it? Like, you could argue with like, um, like Brokeback Mountain. Like, okay, that was like mm -hmm. that was a, a groundbreaking movie, but it was also a genuinely moving story. Right, Moonlight. Like uh, Moon, Moonlight. Yes, Moonlight. Yes, and also Moonlight. You know, you know, Moonlight was. You know, again, I wouldn't. I don't know if it was the first, but a, definitely a rare depiction on a mainstream level of a, a black gay character as a lead. But it was a deeply moving story, like mm -hmm. beyond, beyond being the first. What did Bros really have to offer? I, like I said, I've heard it's great. I, 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 I'll probably see it eventually. Uh, if, if not in theaters, definitely I'll, I'll definitely stream it and watch it because it's gotten good, great reviews. It's not. It's not like people are saying this is a terrible movie, but it, it just. I think it was like a perfect. It was like those things all kind of worked together to make it not quite come together. Right, you know. and, and and for a movie to be a hit, sometimes it takes a lot of, like, 
I don't want to say outright luck, but yeah, it takes luck. It takes dominoes falling. Like like I mentioned earlier with girls trip being a success. No one expected girls trip to make that much money. They didn't and, even expect it to be that much and money. Even with, and even with girls trip, I would argue at least three of the stars and obviously Queen Tifa, marquee name, Jada, marquee exactly. name, uh, to a yeah. degree of Regina Hall. That was kind of, I mean, she was on her way to, she, she was known, but that kind of elevated her to another level and it pretty much broke. Uh, Tiffany Hash on the mainstream level, mm-hmm. so you had all that working together for it, you know, and then right. you also had the backdrop of Essence, which is like a huge festival for black women, so you, you had a built in audience in a way that maybe bros did not, in terms right. of like, then, yeah, and yeah, and then word of mouth just took storm. I remember people telling me it's good, then Twitter got hold of everybody on Twitter was saying, Hey, this movie actually good, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it just you just got to tap into those, and like I said, like the elephant in the room, too. It's white, man. It's really white. Like, <laughs> sorry, like I just really felt like if you had mm. like maybe a bigger black lead in it, maybe mm. if you gave Billy Porter some some minutes, like mm. a prominent role, you know what I'm saying? If you really show love to you know another mm. community, like other, another group of people, maybe people, maybe more people would because that's how I have to circulate. say. I have to say, like I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a, a superstar. Out black gay actor, and I can't think of one besides Billy. Well, yeah. Right, well, maybe I mean, you well, I mean, you got I me. Mean, you got uh, uh, damn, you got uh, Ryan Swan. I think how you say his name from Pose, and you got oh yeah, uh, you got um, guy who played Ricky. I think Dylan Burnside. But then again, and, they they don't they aren't, they aren't necessarily household names either. For you know, right? And, uh, and as a and as a generation thing too, like this movie, like the jokes all come off as like low key Gen X, like late millennial <laughs> jokes, like. Yeah. Which in, I, in, in itself is not a bad thing, you know, because I mean, bad thing, <laughs> but it's you kind of cut yourself off from certain demographics when mm. it's just like, like it was one joke I didn't even get because it was like some eighties reference. I'm like, what the fuck that mean? Uh, even what, what, what do you say? <laughs> I can't even remember. It was like the bald headed bigger guy said it, and I was like, who was that? I was like, like he. It was like one of those jokes where you say somebody's name or you compare them to somebody. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Um, but it just. It, it just, it just, it just didn't happen. And I, I don't, and like I said, what, what determines success? Like, is it, is it, it, like, he calls it a flop because of the open week numbers, but sometimes movies have bad opening weeks and they still be able to, you know. Well, um, I think, I think in this case, it was projected to make eight to 10 million the first weekend and mm-hmm. it, it made half that. Then this weekend, it made less than half of that. So, like, first weekend, and, it made 4.8, then it made 2.1, and then the budget was made 22 million. So, numbers wise, mm-hmm. It didn't make his money back, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, but also, I mean, there is life after after theatrical release. I mean, yeah, prime, 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 prime example, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus came out in '93 and flopped hard. Like it, it did. It, it was a a, a flop in, in in theaters in '93. But they get it now over time. Reruns after reruns. Every Halloween, VHS to the point now where they made a second one. You know, thirty uh, years later, but still, like you know, same yeah, with uh, oh, yeah. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show, flopped, but now it's like a cult classic. You know, even um, even look yep. at even look at the movie like The Best Man. The Best Man was like a black movie, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then it had like this sequel that came out like was a decade later, mm-hmm. but the sequel was a huge success. Mm-hmm. Like the sequel made way more money than the first one, and it's like you know, you you just sometimes you just never know. How movies are gonna like respond to uh, audience or like how they how the culture will pick up a movie and like carry it like Bros might become a cult classic 
you know what I'm saying? It might have life, like you said, life after theatrical release. You never know. Like, let time figure it out. And Which, I mean, that's, and, I, I, I was, are you finished? I mean, I'm interrupting you. Oh, no, no, you good, you good. I was just saying, like, let's see it play out. You know, the fact that bros got made to me is a success. And you're the, you you know, they, they brag so hard about being the first. Sometimes the first has to happen for the, like, the great, you know, the next big thing that happens. Like, maybe y'all was just, like, the, um, the, the test, you know, uh, it happens. Well, I was gonna say, I guess that's, that kind of follows up on that. It's, I mean, it's easy for us to sit here and say this, like you know, give it time, all this stuff. Like, if, if I was Billy Eichner, and my you know passion project that I put my all into and promoted and believed in and thought, you know, like the reviews are great and it's looking great and 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 the, and it's, the anticipation is coming and, and all this is attached to it and it comes out and it just dies. <laughs> I I mean, I wouldn't. I would be lying if I if I didn't say it. I wouldn't feel some type of way about it. Because in the moment it's got to be tough. It's got to be hard just to watch yeah. it just just sink, you know. And 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 people saying like, well, maybe you know, hocus pocus. Like, well, shit, I don't want to wait till uh till <laughs> till twenty till twenty fifty two for my shit to go off. Like, I want to, I want it now. <laughs> like, you know, I I that's 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 I, all completely understandable, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I this I think, and also maybe he, maybe maybe he, maybe he may res- and he may resent the fact that that like a movie like a Brokeback Mountain succeeded with two straight actors you know because like well of course it succeeded with them because they got the fame shit i, I had this yeah. Australia, I guess, to my point you know I, I i can see all that playing out in his mind you know um but you know just don't course, go full kanye though like i, I, I don't like, i don't i don't i don't think i don't think he'll do that thing I, like i said he, he apologized for the other, other tweet that he sent out and i just think you know feelings <laughs> you know that's, right. that's how i think it's just you know actually that has to be tough on an emotional level just just to watch it sink you know and, and and to just 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 to all that build up and just to have it happen like that you know it just has it's just got to be hard yeah and i just i mean yeah it, it sucks man but hey you know life goes on man i'm just like from watching that trailer though and just the timing, I'm just like, how did you expect why would you expect this shit just to be a big hit? I just you know, and like you said, it's easy to say for what we had. I just I just didn't see it. I didn't see the potential for it. Like Crazy Rich Asians, that didn't really surprise me that that movie made that much money because it's based off a book that was already big. Um I don't know. It just had all the dominoes fell for it. And sometimes that's what you, all the stars got out of line sometimes. Like Moonlight was just an indie movie, had some buzz. Then next yeah. thing you know. Well, I think became... that's that's probably why it, maybe it, it didn't feel the same way because it, the expectations weren't as high for it commercially. So when it went beyond that, that made it. But, you know, but, but, but was the expectations high for bros? I think, it, I, I think it was. I think I think it was in the sense that people expected this to to not necessarily be do you know M- mcu numbers but to at least have like a strong opening weekend maybe say do 10 million the first weekend maybe do another 10 million the second weekend do 5 million the third weekend make you know make its money back maybe do like a total of like 30 to 40 million and then like go on the stream and then do whatever i don't think they expected to do marvel numbers but i think they expect to do better than it did yeah and i mean hey Shit happens, bro. I just have to talk know what to say. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I, just, I mean, it's it's I mean, in the in the grand scheme of you know, 
<laughs> of LGBT rights history, like a movie not doing well, you know, it's 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 on the way on the bottom of the list for me. You know, it's, yeah, I think yeah, it, especially yeah. especially especially when the reason it didn't do well is 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 not simply because uh homophobia. Go watch it. You know, I, right. I'm not I'm not saying that wasn't a factor at all, but I think there were as I we talked about I just listed that I think there were other factors that worked as to why it didn't quite work. You know, huge Yeah, and I think in a, in a way, in a sense, that's <laughs> in a perverse way, that is kind of progress. The fact that it didn't work for for purely economical reasons, not just simply because people weren't ready. Like this, yeah. is, a nice, this, this is a nice. This is a nice ninety one where people were were freaked out by a kiss on thirty something. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. nothing. I, it has. I don't think it has. Like I said, I'm not. Like I said, I'm. I'm not trying to be entitled straight man. You know, not trying to over. You know, knock down anything or say anything crazy, but. I think homophobia probably like the smallest piece of that pie. I just think it just didn't connect. I just think I just think it just didn't land. Like 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 I said, when I watched the trailer, it just didn't move me to go get up and like put on clothes and pay twelve dollars sit there and watch it. It just didn't move me. And I haven't watched a romantic comedy in a long time. I can't think of the last time I went to the movies to see a romantic comedy, but. Star just in the line, buddy, and I hate that. You know, I want everybody to do well when it comes to like, you know, um, minorities and communities and whatnot. But mm. just didn't happen, bro. <laughs> you know? I, 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 I think, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, this is the wound is fresh. Like again, so I think as far as you know, whatever feelings he may be having about, so you know, give it, you know, time, you know. So six months, I, a year. Like so said, he'll, probably, he'll probably come up with another project, and you know, it'll, just the next thing. Just like you know, in, in any career, there's gonna be you know stuff that that doesn't do well, and you just go on to the next thing. You know. Yeah, you should have you some more black characters, dog. That's all I'm. <laughs> yeah, saying. well, yes, that's you. Yes, that's you. Yes, I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, hopefully, hopefully oh. by the time they, you know, the, maybe uh, the movies that maybe come out come out in this wake, maybe there'll be more. You know, uh, I guess you call it diverse, or like you know, have you know, a, a different people at the, at the center or the lead, you know, right of the of the story. So, right, yeah, it, it'll happen, you know, and in, in, in time, you know. But I, I think genre probably was the biggest factor too, right now, like a rom com in the fall. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's how I thought too. I, I feel like I feel like it would have been a great movie for like a Pride weekend, so things like that to, mm-hmm. for people to go to. Like, you know, I, I so I'm, I'm surprised it didn't come out in June, or like I said, or even in, in in February. You know, Valentine's Day or whatever. Like, you know, the idea of maybe making a making, making like a date night movie. Like, I think those those elements were like missing. That's like ways that could make it appeal to people beyond it, just the prestige of it. Um, you know. Yeah, it happens though. All right. So uh moving on, uh you had some music you wanted to talk about. I saw Willow's project. I didn't get to listen to it, but mm-hmm. I added it to my queue and the track list looks cool. So you yeah. if you listen to it, what were your thoughts and impressions? Yeah, I didn't even know she had a new album because I was just I was listening to some other stuff because I've been for some reason I've been going back and forth between Butterfly album and uh Holes lived through this for some reason. I don't know why. But and I was like, well, she what's what's some other more current rock? I need to update my rock reference. So, so I like what have been up to. And then here's this here's this album, Coping Mechanism. Uh and this, you know, if you in need of some great, you know, um rock slash pop punk for your 2022, I mean it's, it's some great stuff. I mean, you got the first track, it's my fault, which is great. Uh you got uh 
Paula Annesley is another great one. Um, for like a goddess is great, very bouncy, uh, you know, uh, early aughts esque, but with, 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 with you know, a modern uh, twist. Um, other tracks like No Control, uh, Split, you know, it's, it's it's about 12 tracks, 11 tracks actually. Um, you know, and, and she's had some other good ones like Transparent Soul of her last album, I Feel Everything. I'm Feeling Everything Right Now was a good one. And so uh, I, I was surprised, I guess. It kind of, to me it's one of those that kind of flew under the radar. Like you know, I, I was just I, I literally just pulled it up, pulled up her name, and pulled up and saw oh she got a new album and listened to it. And it was you know, it was, mm-hmm. you know I say at least at least about eight or nine songs I would I listened to uh, you know multiple times. Um, so I'm, I guess it flew under the radar because I mean in terms of what's popular right now, rock is not <laughs> rock is not rock doesn't equal pop music right now. So maybe that's why right. it flew under the radar, especially from a black woman. Um, so yeah, and there are a lot of shit flying under the radar now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not Drake, Beyonce, mm-hmm. Kendrick, uh, Taylor Swift, maybe. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, it's so much shit. That, like, Ari Lennox album dropped, and I was like, I just was on album music. I said, oh, Ari Lennox album about. Like, <laughs> like shit just, shit just different now. But uh, I'm happy that she dropped. I like Willow's music. Mm-hmm. Um, Ever since the little kid stuff, all the way to, like, uh, a few projects ago before, right before COVID, uh, mm. she, she just always does interesting music. She has a good voice. She has a good, she's just talented. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had yeah, an album, uh, you had an album uh, by an artist, uh, Duran Bernard, uh, Wanderlust. Yeah. I I really like this album. I enjoyed it. Uh, quick story. I saw Duran first singing back up with Erica Badu mm. and Erica highlighted him in the show. She mentioned how he gave up a spot on The Voice to join her for her show to be her backup singer. And I was like, oh, damn, that's impressive. You know, mm. he had his little moment where he got to hit his notes. So, you know, I was like, oh, he can sing. So <laughs> I always kept him in my radar. And then the next time I saw Erica, because Erica always did this birthday bash in Dallas. And I saw him again. She let him open for her. He had music. And I was like, okay. And, you know, it wasn't like, I'm not going to say it was bad, but you know how artists find themselves. Uh, he, he just had some songs he did. And it was cool. I was like, okay, cool, cool. So I, always, I followed him on social media, kept in touch with, like, projects here and there. And this is, like, the, the coming out party, kind of. Like, this is, like, his, his biggest album to this point. And I, I liked it. Did you get a chance to listen to it? Oh yeah, I did. Uh, at first, I wasn't. I was. I'll be honest. I wasn't totally sure if it was like, like a, a parody of Pike, some of the lyrics. But I <laughs> caught up. But like when it's footstep footprints, he was like, you know, we said we said uh, them toes taste so delicious or something like that. And I was like, I was like, what? But then I caught on to it. It was like, but it was like, it was like tongue in cheek as poses would be like, you know, ironic and like, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, with footprints or with boundaries, a little bit again. That's another one. You should be a little bit ugly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that was one uh, that 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 uh, caught on with me. Um, then also, of course, uh, mango butter. <laughs> Man, the gender yeah. fluid anthem. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, huh, I wish I had written that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that sometimes. It really is. You you see you hear some. She's like, Man, damn. I... <laughs> Like, ah, oh. <laughs> man, I like that. Yeah, that one was a good one. I, that was probably one I played back the most. And then Vacancy, I thought it was a good one. A different concept about, like, you know, sort of 
wishing for like simpler times. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mission, I thought that was a good one. Uh, that could be a good like an outro for like a TV show or something. Uh, mm-hmm. level, I like level. Yeah, level had really great harmonies. Um, back and vocals. Ingredients like was funny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, was it the journey? Oh, destination was funny too. Was it we said the uh, journey ain't shit, but destination is lit. Which I because mm. I like it because everybody always says like you know it's not about the it's not about the destination about the journey. I like it kind of like you know <laughs> said that's B, said that's BS <laughs> kind of uh, yeah. But yeah, I like the I like the, I think that that's a big part of that what appeals to me about it was like because R and B I love R and B but R and B can be very uh, straightforward and and humorless sometimes. So it's I like that he had like a, a different take on it from a lyrical point of view, which makes sense. This is why he he he. Uh, hooked up with Erica because Erica has that sometimes too where she can be humorous and kind of tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell the um, the imprint and the uh, what's the word I'm thinking about? The influence is there. Yeah, for sure. I, I enjoyed the album. It Like like you said, sometimes the songwriting is good and then sometimes it kind of leaves you scratching your head like mm. the fuck was that? But <laughs> His voice is really good. Like he can like the runs and the notes. He mm. he got all that. Um, it's good. Sometimes the music, the background music can sound like a little cover bandy, but <laughs> he he's a talented brother. I, mm. I love him. I love his music. I can't wait. He's got a tour. He dropped the dates. I can't wait to see him live. And I think for like it's like I think it's it's a good time to be an openly gay um artist. And this is sometimes was my problem with the. Well, not, I don't want to say my problem, but one of the reasons why I can never con- really connect with Lil Nas X because I would always be like, "Where's the music?" <laughs> I'm like, like, "Where's the good stuff?" And mm. it just never really hit me. But he's he's. I mean, granted, he's like a pop star. He's a different mm. type of artist from yeah. a Duran, but but Duran's actually good. Like, mm. <laughs> I mean, that just no shade. Yeah. Well, I get, I, get, I get what you're saying with Lil Nas. I would say up until Montero, I admired his nerve. I admired his nerve more than I, I, I was interested in the music. Right, like I, I acknowledge the presence. I acknowledge the, the panache he got. Like he got mm. the package, but it's like, where is the music? It's like mm. you know how Frank Ocean has like all this make it to be a pop star, but he just doesn't want to be. Like he don't I, give a fuck about that. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never thought of Frank as a pop star. I always thought of him as like you know someone who had left the field sensibilities that 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 sort of came, became a pop star by almost by accident. Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at, at Frank. You no, know, not Lil Nas X is like a capital P pop star. Like he, 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 he moves in the same way that a uh, an Ariana Grande or a Doja yeah. Cat, or he, he then as far as like. What he does and and, and everything else that's that's his his lane made for MTV type shit yeah. like yeah that's him but like Duran is just to me just it just it, everything just flows with him like mm. and I think it's more so him knowing who he is and I, mm. I and Lil Nas is younger he's still mm. finding you know who he is as a person an artist so I think that's a combination but Duran is he he seems more firm and who he is and what he is and what he believes and what he doesn't believe and. The type of music he wants to make, but I'm mm. glad you listened, and I'm glad you you uh enjoyed what you heard. Mm. Yeah, would you like see him live? Uh, yeah, I would if if he came. I guess, I guess New Orleans would be where he comes to. That's where everybody comes when he comes to Louisiana. Yeah. So, or or Houston. Yeah, I mean, as long as he don't, he don't uh coincide with uh 
summer summer renaissance or uh shoot, Beyonce, Beyonce and Rihanna gonna be on tour at the same damn time. So get your tickets together. Yeah, um, yeah, I really think she go. Yeah, so so you really under the impression that Rihanna like that's gonna be like the launch. Like I, the I, I saw I saw I saw uh some news about a possible twenty twenty three tour stadium tour. Mm. Oh yeah, she's gonna sell out. Oh yeah, mm. I, and I've never seen Rihanna live. So I haven't either. So I, yeah. At this point, if I had no, I would, I would, you know what? I would go see both. I'm not gonna do them queens <laughs> like that. I'll go see both. I've seen I mean, Beyonce yeah. twice, but I, I, I'll, I'll big room for both. Mm. So yeah, but uh, that's it, man. This is a good segue to like, what do you, as as someone who's an artist and and that's also gay, do you feel like this is a good time to like really? To see the art form, well, not to see the art form, but to see that type of artist be able to like thrive and like not really hide. You know I how think like it's... like the Luthers or I mean mm-hmm. or Freddie Jacksons, you know, even Tevin, what, is, wait, Tevin Campbell gay? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, Tevin Campbell's, you know, not having to hide and you know be like um, a certain image. You know, mm-hmm. they can just be themselves now. I think yeah, I think it's a better time than those eras. Definitely, definitely a better era than the eight than eighties or you know early nineties, because uh, you know, that was definitely in terms of male, male artists, especially in the nineties. I think that the, the image had to be more conservative, uh, with some exceptions. But those exceptions were straight men, but that was like you know three thousand or uh, Lenny Kravitz, you know. Um, um, but I, I do think it's a better time because there's less gatekeeping. You know, let's say back in the day. Uh, uh, Duran walked into a record label in you know the early two thousands, and they saw him. And he was like, "Okay, we gotta put you up. We gotta get you a girlfriend. We gotta get you we gotta make sure you can you know get off that masculine energy like Usher does or who or whoever at the time. You know that would have probably been the case with um, him had had he debuted then. You know, um, so but now that's different because the, the gatekeepers are no longer in place in that sense, and so you can sort of. There's freedom to be more to be uh to be open and to find an audience for it. Um, you know, do I, I think so it is a better time overall for that. And I think people are more open to it, but also I think there's still a ways to go as far as like having people on a level of a little Nas X or I guess you could say Salsa Santana is approaching that level. Um and again, maybe M-M-M-M-M-E-K, M-M-M-M-K. M-M-M-K. Oh, uh, I love I him. I, yeah, I like him. I like his, yeah. Uh, I think, I guess he would be like the UK version of, of that in terms of pop star. I think, right. I think they are, at this point, are exceptions rather than the rule. I don't mm-hmm. think we've had like a, a, a 20, 30, 40 year history of mainstream out, no, not black. black uh Black LGBTQ superstars, like still really, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't name a trans person who is on, who is on level of Lil Nas X, or no. even like, or someone who's bisexual on the level of Lil Nas X. That's something else. That's another boundary to cross because you know, people always want to lump bisexual bisexual men in, in with gay men, but that's not the case. Um, for the lesbians, I guess you got Younger May and some other ones, but you know, um, Whitney. And Whitney, but I, mean, I guess, but out. out no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. joking. No, I, I mean, no, I, I mean, Whitney, I guess to me, Whitney, I guess you could say was maybe pansexual or bisexual. Was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so in that sense, I think there's still some boundaries to, to, to break down. 
uh, I think Lil Nuggets is, is doing is breaking down boundaries in that sense because uh, just the amount of because I was actually listening push. to um, yeah pushback yeah that he gets I was, I was well, listening to I, I was talking about the push he gets though like he oh. has a lot behind him yeah he does he, he does get a push uh, he is getting a lot pushed, and he is, and he is getting a lot of uh, the machines push back. Really work, yeah, push back, yeah, and the machines really working for him. I, and because I was thinking about that in comparison, because I was listening to, uh, to Questlove Supreme, and uh, they were talking to this this guy who had managed Luther, Luther Shep Gordon was Luther's manager, and he, and then because uh, one point one of the uh, not it wasn't Questlove, I think it was uh, what's the name from Little Brother, Monte. Um, yeah, he he had said that you know like uh, his. He said they brought the sexuality, and he said like you know, uh, he basically said the answer like the most most black folks said like we all knew, and it wasn't an issue. And I, and I thought to myself, well, yeah, yeah we yeah we knew. <laughs> like I, he didn't say it in like a, in like a backhanded way. He just was saying it like off the top. He said like he was saying like as a child like his mother knew and it wasn't an issue and like you know whatever. And and I was like, yeah, we knew, but like Luther, but also it was okay to know what Luther because Luther never made you confront it. Mm-hmm. Luther wasn't going to step on stage and be like, "Let me dedicate never too much all the men in the house tonight." You know that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't going to happen. You know, so you didn't have to you didn't have to come face to face with it the way you do with Lil Nas X, and you see the right, you yeah. see the reaction when you when, when, Lil, when Lil Nas X does these things. All of a sudden, it's too much. All of a sudden, why oh, can't leave it with talent? You know, they always say that about about queer artists and women. They would say that about straight men. Like I never heard somebody hey, yeah. say, like I never heard somebody say, "Man, Rick James put his clothes back on, or Prince put his clothes back on, <laughs> and just and just play," you know. Right. And so and so, I take that with the grand song. People say like we all knew, just like we all they, they, like when they say, "Oh, we all knew about Whitney." Okay, well, shoot, man, yeah. that was a, that was hush hush. But you know, it's something I'm dealing with. Like a straight person, listen to this. I'm trying not to be as hard on Lil Nas X because I like, like I feel like is it? I feel like I, I'm able to critique him but then sometimes with him I try not to be too hard because I'm like well he's like one of the first of his kind like really really Frank Frank was the first but Frank never was like we said earlier he never wanted that and he was never well, like yeah, yeah the, the true first was uh, I would say was was Sylvester but yeah in this in this era yes yeah like Frank was the first in this era to be like hey I'm gay and then you know play up to it but I well, not play up to it, but like let you know he is, mm-hmm. and like the mute and the music was like letting you know, you know, it wasn't a secret. It was yeah. just, yeah, but was, he never. No, what you say? It wasn't. Yeah, I think I think with Frank, it wasn't as cut and dry because he he had the letter where he talked about being in love with a man, but then you listen to Channel Orange, and it's also represents to, to women as well. So it's like kind of yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's like a casual. Like, Pansexual, then, bisexual, you got like uh, Forrest Gump and yeah. like yeah, mm, yeah and cool. other stuff like this. Yeah, but Lil Nas X, I think it's more cut and dry. It's like it's easier oh, to yeah. say, okay, he he he's this. He came out with this. He was bar, but all, it's like it's easy. It's a, the through line is easier to follow with Lil Nas X than with uh than with Frank. Um, and then of course you can count Frida in there. If, you know, uh, but Frida I think is a bit older, and Frida, like I said, Frida is older. Auntie. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and of course, of course, Janelle Monae, Janelle Monae, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though Janelle was kind of one of the things where, like, 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 with the, I don't even want to say like Lucy, like you knew, we knew, but <laughs> it was kind of like it was there, but it's just like mm, it was like, like open, I guess, or accepting, mm. or I don't know. Mm. Um, so it's interesting. Sid is 
a good Sid is like a, a yeah, good Sid is another one. Yeah, Sid. Yeah, right. So I think we are against Steve Lacey. You know, yeah. even though his mm-hmm. music isn't as um, is uh, it's around, but it's not like right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not something everywhere. You know, um, mm-hmm. Tyler's an interesting case because is he trolling or is he like you? You never know with him. Like he talks about kissing white boys, and mm-hmm. you know, he he says the f word. Yeah, and you know it's just it's like yeah, nigga, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I think so, yeah, like you said, is is I never can tell if he's just like trolling us or if he's doing it in a way that like confirms it, but also also is plausibly deniable. Like he's like he's out, but he's not out. Like he's he's he says what he likes, but like he does it in a way where you're like, you know, all right, you know, like you know, so like. Yeah, you said it, but like you also said it as you were doing this out doing this kind of weird, outrageous thing. And so we can't really know if like what's what's real and what's not for real. But I think he prefers mm-hmm. it that way, I think. I think he prefers it to sort of oh, yeah. not entirely known. Uh so yeah. Um but I overall, yes, I do think I do think uh there is more progress in terms of like music uh music artists being able to be open. Um, I do, but also think there's still uh more uh more road to travel in terms of just it being just uh it not being a thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. particularly, particularly when artists, I can't particularly when artists, you know, decide to be you know uh bluntly or explicitly uh sexual, um, you know. You're right. So yeah, it's it's definitely a a positive going. A positive mm. thing. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens when, uh when we get that other big artist that comes along. Because, like I said, when when but um, Lil Nas X, I think he he's a great pop star. He's a pop star. But like I said, the other side be lacking, like the <laughs> the, the the actual music side. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like he's he's really smart, mm. and he's really uh, he knows how the game works. Like the whole um, Montero video mm-hmm. is that the name of the song? Yeah, I think yeah, so. That's, yeah, that's that song with the controversy. Like mm-hmm. the whole everybody talks about the video, but no one talks about the song because I think honestly, <laughs> the song no, no, was, it, it was it was called "Call Me by Your Name" was the name of the song. Call yeah. me by your name, yes. Yeah. Call me by your name. Everyone talked about the video, but no one talked about the song because the song was just. Okay, like it was just yeah. yeah. I mean, industry baby was probably was catchier than probably uh, calling right. by your name, and and actually, um, what was another one? Another song that um, come back come back around. I think it was called or or maybe it had like a kind of an early art sort of uh, punk pop vibe to it that I liked. You know, so there's other songs. It's a uh, it, like I said, I think yeah. Overall, um, like I said I, I I've admired his audacity more than I've been into the music, but I think. The music is starting to catch up a bit more, even though I prefer, like I said, Eminem K more than in terms of music. Oh do, man, uh, Nas X, uh, or even uh, Duran, like, or Duran, or um, Victoria Monet, Victoria Monet is another one. Uh, uh, Omar Apollo, I've ever heard of him? Uh, he's uh, he's Latina, Latin, well, Latino, mm-hmm. uh, and he does like R and B. Uh, R&B kind of popish. I had okay. to sing some of this, but he's mm. he's really good. Yeah. Um, or, or um, on the rap side of things, I feel like if, if I give him more time, he could probably he could probably get more more well known. Seven Deep 
is one that I feel like they can they can okay. really go mainstream. Uh, uh, you know, who else? Um, damn, a kid, probably kid Ken. He probably would. I think he's, 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 doing, he's gonna be doing well. Yeah, uh, and um, Isaiah Rashad now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, him too. Then um, uh, who was that? Um, what was his name? Oh, uh, I like an artist named Bronze Avery. Speaking of like things on more of the pop side of things, uh, he he makes really good like it's like really synth poppy, but it's a bit of R and B influence, but R and B influence as well. He's one that I like a lot. Um, another one. Uh, who else? Uh, and the fact the duo was like a pop rock duo, for, like made it based in L A. Uh, so like it's it's a it's 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 artists that I think that are bubbling that have the potential to go larger or become main, more mainstream. Um, I think it's just you know a combination just you know being seen and, and getting enough engagement, uh, which is the you know a tricky thing to do, especially in this uh, current landscape because um, things move so quickly. Uh, you know. But I do think it's there more. It's 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 a a better time than it, it will has been it has been before to be out and be an artist because I think people in general are are uh, more willing to listen than they were maybe you know uh, in the nineties early the mid two thousands you know right it's it's good to see I I like I like the fact that a song like Mango Butter Butter can <laughs> exist you know um, or even M I always have trouble saying his name. M M N K, M N K. M N K. I think how you say it. Yeah, M N K. He can make a song like um like girlfriend. Like if your girlfriend knew by me and you, you know he can make and that's a that is a bop. I'm like man, this shit need to be on radio, nigga. This is he actually he actually remade. I think he remade Craig David's uh fill me in with Craig David. Oh, he did do it with Craig David a while back. That's actually cool. Yeah, like I'm I'm as a as a you know, a straight person. I'm excited to see these new uh type of songs and stories be out, like be able to be like accessible. You know, mm. uh, on such a level like that. See, here, like, cause music is all about storytelling and sharing experiences. And it's a lot of experiences that you know me living the life I live. I don't interact with or I know about. Mm. So hearing, you know, somebody like Eminem, you know, even Frank, you know. Um, talk about these stories and share these stories. It's like, damn, you know. And it also helps um, bridge the gap, you know, because people seem to think that uh, being gay makes you some type of uh, like complete other. Mm-hmm. When it's like, no, nigga, just, <laughs> just like it's, it, it is a different, it is a different life because of like mostly what society puts, you know, mm-hmm. people who happen to be gay through. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, nigga, they're people, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's just a different, different, different stories, you know, than what we, than the stories that we've had, uh, you know, in for the past, you know, forty plus years of pop music. Yeah, because uh, it's the same shit. Boy meets mm-hmm. girl, girl meets boy, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. Or, you, know, you, know, you know, hustle into the game. Game comes up in the game, leaves the game. <laughs> scars, you know, with emotional scars, whatever else, you know. <laughs> right. And that's why I, I kind of think you give Kendrick a little, like artists like Kendrick a little clap or maybe like a little 
toss a bread out when they make a song like Auntie Diary, as yeah. flawed as it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's yeah, because it's I mean compared to what we grew up with, that that it, it's uh it's something that I wouldn't have expected to happen because I would never expect it. Uh, oh no, in a, the night. I don't know. I never expected a, a Jay Z or or a Cube or 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 or, or uh, shit, Biggie, Scarface, you know, maybe three thousand, maybe, maybe, maybe. The most the most progressive line you probably got in the nineties was Biggie saying. Girl, you so far, I'll suck your daddy dick. You know, it's just yeah. man, I, I think people be brainwashed about how uh violent and homophobic the nineties was. Like there was that was you talk about toxic masculinity, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, it just was like, yeah, this was like a different time it was like uh in that video the fd signifier video he said they were all doing uh what do you call it kfab like mm -hmm. uh, but he had to like portray a certain a certain image a certain yeah, thing and i think that trickled over into r&b too because you had you know joe to see and then you had you oh know, yeah the heart hard and b yeah mm -hmm. yeah that, uh, that, trickled, that, that, that trickled over into that which that image is, is great in some ways but in other ways it was like it was very you know uh limiting yeah Mm -hmm. So yeah, and so, um, yeah, that, that that's a very good point. Uh, that's 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 funny. Uh, Jr. Well, no, JF. What is the JF or JR? F F D. F D. Yeah, he brought the wrestling term in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because kayfabe is like like he explained, like he's just pretending, mm -hmm. like you're act like you're basically acting, you know. And that's what all, a lot of them niggas was doing. Cause like who wants to be <laughs> that hard twenty four seven? You know, like. It's like all y'all niggas, like I know what it's like to live in the hood. You could be a hood nigga and not be a hood nigga. Like mm -hmm. you could grow up poor and not be like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to have the all all of us didn't have to like sell drugs and like tote guns all the time. Like, nah, we just were poor. <laughs> we just have to be Which, so, I mean, some, some, niggas, some of the songs did deal with that. I mean, you had you, I think you had, of course Tupac comes to mind as having like an emotional side, a sensitive side. Right. Um, we could talk about like Ghostface Killer and uh, some of the Wu Chang stuff touched on that. Uh, some of like maybe Outcast stuff did as well, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, some don't leave out the female rappers and like Latifah and MC Light and uh, even Kim, you know, even before, even with the, some of the sexuality being outraged, used to have stories, at least on the first album, she was given, you know, sort of the female side of like living that life, you know. Um. So, but yeah, yeah, but just uh, I'm glad to see some of that break down with the help of you know he who he, he should he who shall not be named help break that down somewhat. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think uh, now even more so that there I think I think people just want different want to hear different perspectives of different stories told because mm -hmm. I, I think right. rap rap in particular is is old enough to the point where we have the canon, <laughs> but now we want different voices to add to that canon that may have been silenced in previous eras. Right. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's just time to like, let other niggas talk. Like, certain niggas been talking, so like Jay-Z, like, nigga, shut up. Shut up. Like, shut up on the mic and shut up on, like, real life. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I shut up. I wouldn't say shut up, just, but just... Nah, you know, Kevin, I, 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 I would just say, you know, <laughs> Maybe it's a, maybe it's, 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 it's shut up. And there's a space for grown man rap, but it's just, you know, adjust. Yeah, yeah, yeah please adjust. Adjust, adjust. yeah.
Just rap. Just shut up and rap then. <laughs> Shit. Stop. Ah. <laughs> tired. <sighs> but uh yeah, that's an interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to how this current uh trajectory goes, you know, like seeing artists being able, people being able to be themselves. Like the facade, like like it's still certain to the degree of facade you have to put on because whenever you do become an artist, you're like you still have to play a balancing act of mm-hmm. the artist, like this image, this brand, you know, you, you might become if you get big enough mm-hmm. versus who you really are. Yeah. You know, I mean, you as an artist can even know, you know, you know that, you know, Afro Sensei is like kind of like an ultimate ego sometimes versus mm-hmm. regular K Clark. Yeah. So it's yeah. a balancing act, period, but. Niggas ain't got a lot no more, really. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. To me, that to me, you know what the big point for, for me for, for me but that was that it was Rick Ross. When Rick Ross got exposed that or, or it was found out that he was a corrections officer and nobody gave, nobody cared, I was like, oh, it's over. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, the fact that his he instantly wasn't just ran out of hip hop. People were just like just like shoot that make some good beats and or whatever. Like, you know, just it's just like nobody <laughs> really cared, nobody really cared. Uh, he does, and he, he does have good big selection, I would say. But I mean, nobody really cared about it at all. Like, mm-hmm. whereas had, had, had it, it happened, ha- yeah, had that happened in like '86 or like '96, it would it would have been like you know scan scandalous. But like everybody was just mm-hmm. like everybody just kind of shrugged their shoulders and it's like just kept on listening. <laughs> you know? Drake and the Ghost Rider, just, right? Just a lot That's, of those mm-hmm. rules, a lot of things that back then like would have been like just a kiss of death. Like it's like. Mm, mm-hmm. eh. Even yeah. when I say Rashad, like the sex tape leaked, it's mm. like, okay, you know, what they got to do with his album? <laughs> so. Yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, so a lot of those things are breaking down as far as like, I mean, cause like you said, artists do have a, have an image or, or certain thing that they project, but I think it's, it's, uh, being able, it's, the image is, is allowed, is allowed to be more well-rounded than maybe say in mm-hmm. the 90s. Right. Yeah, that, so that need to be to be uh hard, quote unquote. Right, that fucking much. Mm-hmm. So once again, this is another good conversation. Uh, we try to do stuff like this, talk about all aspects of pop culture, just life. Like earlier, that we were talking about just life period, like you know, <laughs> having to adapt and adjust without having certain things that certain people expect you to have, or you know, having to move in with people to go half on rent and just survive. Like, it's hard mm-hmm. out here, so. <laughs> Ain't no front from us, neither. <laughs> Shit, we try to do this podcast because we like doing it, and uh, it would be nice to get paid, you know, but shit. Niggas, we existing. <laughs> so, <laughs> once again, I'm Uptown Bobby. And I'm uh, K. Clark. And we thank y'all for listening. We thank y'all for supporting us. Uh, if you set through the whole thing, thank you. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us any feedback, criticisms, praise, whatever. Just any conversation starters. We appreciate it. You know, we're just two people talking about shit that we like. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Maybe one day we'll have a guest. I don't know. Yeah. Be interesting. You know? <laughs> right. So once again... I am Uptown Bobby. And I'm Key Clark. And we are out. This is the side eye. So keep your eyes open, your eyebrows raised, and sometimes keep your mouth closed. Listen. (laughs) And we out.